G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. This is 2020 on Vision. Well, it's Australia Day and today we're going to look at the faith of Australia's first governor, Arthur Phillip. Admiral Arthur Phillip became the first governor of New South Wales, arriving on our shores leading the first fleet. Arthur Phillip was a servant of the crown representing the state in formal arrangements, along with the assumption that the faith of the National Church of England would be the basis for our national life. Historian Christopher Reynolds, author of What a Capital Idea, Australia from 1770 to 1901, says, Having observed the transformative conditions of the Great Awakening under John Wesley, the established church had a meaningful partnership with the Crown. Historians don't often mention the faith of Arthur Philip, often describing him as detached from the church into which he had been baptised as a child. But while he is not lauded as a vital believer, neither is he in the camp of a doctrinaire atheist. Arthur Philip's actions recognise the important role of the church in promoting morality, public order and civil life. His official instructions were to by all proper methods enforce a due observance of religion and good order among all of the inhabitants and to take such steps for the celebration of public worship. I think Arthur Philip goes unnoticed and you don't see him coming out and preaching or do nobody mentions that he had a Christian faith. There's no significant attending church or anything like that. But it was part of his culture, his position, his rank, his responsibility to ensure that there was Christian faith expressed, services were there, people had to attend services, but that's also the way he got on with the Aborigines. Earlier explorers of the Great Southland talked of being either beaten or eaten by the natives. But when Arthur Philip arrived, there were some unusual characteristics that endeared him to the Aboriginal people. Everybody said, oh, the natives um, are going to get you. When Philip arrived, and you read his diary, his ship pulls into Botany Bay. He's out of the boat and into the spinnace. He's on the shore. And within an hour, he's walking around the Aborigines, and they're all looking for where he could park his big canoe. And I couldn't for the life of me work out what it was. And I went, look, seriously went looking. And I thought, um, was it because he was shorter than, than most? Was it because he had browner skin? He was of German descent. He spoke German and Portuguese and French and English. Was there something in what he said? And I just was one of these puzzles for me that could work. And what it was, he was missing his front tooth. And when he smiled and he was missing his front tooth, a hundred Aborigines smiled back and they were missing their front tooth as well because it was the part of the rite of passage to becoming a man. So the response was, well, I don't know what tribe he's from and he certainly dresses funny, but he's obviously one of us, a chief. And so that's why within an, an hour they were all walking around together. 
and he didn't have any trouble. There's a bit of strife going on. I'm walking across the Botany Bay, and off he'd march through the, through the bush with a couple of soldiers. Listen, Chief, I heard there's a bit of a problem going on over here. A few fellas have been missing, and, you know, somebody's been killed. Don't know a thing about it, but let's go over the hill. And there's another hundred Aborigines, and, you know, you, you'd freak out with these guys. And he just smiled at them, and they all just sat down. And, and within two years... He was made an Aborigine and they recognised him as a chief and gave him a name Walla 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 Wallery, which um, Ben along later called him just Wally Uncle, and today be called Uncle Wally for short. But his Christian faith and what he did for the country and the, the bringing together of what could have been an incredibly violent, hostile, um, and whatever other words you can think of to describe where there'd been conflict, and yet there wasn't. And it may be that Arthur Phillips' faith was one of actions rather than words. In such harmony, a Spanish captain visited in the um, 1890s, and it's only really come out of the, uh, the Spanish naval archives recently of his uh, journals as a captain. And he said, when I got to Sydney, I couldn't believe it. He said there were Aboriginal children playing in the street. I sat down to dinner and found myself sitting beside Aborigines as well as British and sharing the food. And he said the, the British are going off to corroborates just as often as the, as the Aborigines are sitting down with us. And his description is so important of an integrated society that we think didn't exist, more integration than, than, than perhaps. So we miss, we miss how people generally were Christian and looking for those opportunities to express their faith. It seems to be what is really missed by secular historians is the fact of a very Christianized Great Britain shaped by the Great Awakening under John Wesley. Christianity was much more influential than anyone wants to admit. The John Wesley movement, the Methodist movement, was massive, more than massive in America, but still great across England. And it wasn't just more people were ascending church or waving their hands in the air or the, the, the energy and the singing. It was influencing the politicians. Prime Minister Pitt, friends were part of the Compton Street Evangelical Anglican group that was meeting in London. And, and um, Wilberforce went to Pitt and said, I want you to have Richard Johnson become the first chaplain. So the influence of the Christians, and Wilberforce uh, was a politician but went to university with with um, William Pitt, so who the, became the prime minister. Who of became Great the Britain. prime minister? Yep. So it was the the Christian faith was actually influencing the politics of the day. It was there in how um, Britain and whatever we think about it, it became the greatest empire in history. But they took their Christian values with them in what they were doing, and I think Australia is an incredibly successful example of that that expression of Christian faith and expansion. And there is a lot more to explore in the colourful story of Governor Arthur Phillip, his successes, challenges, and the sometimes tense relations between church and state, where the Christian church grew in meaningful partnership with political and social institutions. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.